0: The sport of kings, better than diamond rings, that's why we're here to sing, football,
1: football. Sunday in the snow, with both breeze whistle blows, we've warriors toe-to-toe, football, football, football.
0: Yes, yes, people, welcome along to another Northland 40. Woo! My name is James Hamlin.
1: My name's Inye
0: Draft. We are talking post-NFL draft. Well, we planned on talking post-NFL draft until you probably heard the news. It happened a couple of hours ago. It coincided with a immediate hailstorm over the New York, New Jersey, Turnpike area. It consisted of Tim Tebow being cut by the New York Jets.
1: It was coming. We all knew it was coming, but it it still hurts. It still hurts.
0: It does. And you just got to think, well, you know, he has plenty of time to find a new club. Um, It's good to get released now at this point. The Jets didn't need seven quarterbacks. We'll talk about how they ended up with seven quarterbacks in a minute or so. But, yeah, Tim Tebow is available and on the block.
1: I'm going to start the Tebow for Europe hashtag. Tebow for Europe. Let's start that now. Let's get it going. Yeah,
0: he could potentially be backing up Fred Boyle at the London Blitz. Maybe something else. Maybe when the World League comes back, he can come and do that. I don't know. So, yeah, he's been cut by the New York Jets. And I think that we've been watching NFL Network most of today. And it's been on most of today. And not a lot of draft talk. And, um, yeah, where does he go? Where does he go next? San Diego being talked about as a possible destination. Reaching me- reaching possibly. But Mike McCoy is there, who was his coach in Denver. Made a system around Tim Tebow. Possibly San Diego. So then I'll have Manti Teo and... Tim Tebow
1: don't the two biggest media stories in the NFL in the past year at the same club San Diego should only be so lucky I think what we really should be saying with Tebow I think there's a player in there and I think there's a player that can be used he's a decent backup I think the problem is the media built this guy up tore him down and it just wasn't the right fit for him this is a guy that still won to playoff game let 's like, let 's not forget that at all hopefully he 'll end up somewhere backing up someone, living a quiet life, reading his bible
0: yeah he 's been compared to other college quarterbacks that haven 't been successful in the pro ranks. I heard Charlie Ward mentioned today and uh, Gino Toretta as well successful he doesn 't compare He was on a different level at Florida than anyone played uh, probably one of the best college football players ever to come i think we 've Only heard the start of this. Colin Klein, another uh, Heisman candidate from this year, been drafted by the Houston Texans. He's going to potentially be straight away going into the Houston Texans as a tight end. Um, That's how it's going. People changing positions. Denard Robinson. We're getting into draft stuff. Let's do it anyway. But Denard Robinson, the most exciting quarterback and injury-prone in the NCAA last season, set a career record for rushing yards for a quarterback at Michigan. He's coming to London. He was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars as an impact player. It's pretty
1: exciting. Pretty big. I'll be looking forward to that. I just wanted to say one thing before we do the draft, and it's interesting that this Tebow stuff happened on today of all days. I think this is something that we need to be aware of when we're talking about teams drafting players. Yes, it's great because this is a time of year that you can start thinking what these players can do for your team. But at the same time, let us all be aware that we don't know We really don't know what's going to happen in five years' time. Some of these players could be absolute busts. Some of these players could be the best players of all time. I saw ESPN this week um, during the weekend during the, the later rounds of the draft and they were hyping it up by saying examples of players that were taken at this draft and sorry taken at that time of the draft and you also had agents as well saying that this is where the scouts earn their money from round 4 to 7 onwards so, so we, don't, we really don't know but what we should be discussing and what we will, will be discussing is why teams took players at positions how the teams tried to address their needs and what players that we're excited to see next season.
0: How we could cover this draft. Let's start with the British guys first. right? And we met up with Lawrence Okoye a couple of weeks ago. We went to his pro day and that was that was very, very exciting. And Lawrence the probably the most high-profile British player. We call him a player who hasn't really played yet. Um, wasn't drafted. The hunch of the bloke from the Croydon Arrow or whatever it was that we met at the Lawrence Okoye Lawrence pro day. He was like... Lads, he's going to the Niners. He was right. He knew, he, he, he's, he's ahead of us on this, on this, on this game. Yeah, so he got drafted by, uh, the 49ers and, um, Jim Harbour had a lot to say. He called him his body an Adonis, which was, uh, which is very nice. And, um, yeah, he didn't get picked in the draft. He got, he's gone to San Francisco, so that's a great look for him. Obviously, a lot of competition at San Francisco at defensive end um, for Lawrence to play against. But he will be in training camp, which basically means he'll be competing. He'll be on a quite a low-level salary for now. But if he makes the team, he will then join the roster after training camp or potentially will be on a uh, developmental roster. You've all seen Hard Knocks. You know how it works.
1: Speaking of Hard Knocks, do we know who which team is going to be this year's Hard Knocks team? Because I have a sneaking suspicion it could be the 49ers.
0: Well... That would be major. That would be major play. But when we were seeing Lawrence, we actually met a bit of um, British NFL royalty. He's a member of the UK NFL Hall of Fame, and we got a bit of dialogue. So let's, um, let's chat to Tony Allen when we were down at the Lawrence Okoye Pro Day. We're at the Lawrence Okoye combine, as it were, and we have some unexpected American football in the UK. Royalty with us, Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, he's laughing. laughing. He's laughing, but it's true. The ceremony is on YouTube. It's on tape. You got inducted into the UK American Football Hall of Fame with Victor DK yeah, and that right. was an awesome thing. Let's start. Let's start there. How does that feel? Who else is in the UK American Football Hall of Fame apart from you and Victor? If it's just you and Victor, that's okay. It's just me and Victor. It's <laughs> just
1: Victor. That's okay. It's good. It's
0: an exclusive club. That's it's okay. a two-member club. That's okay. What a guy to be in there with, Tony, London Monarchs. London Warriors, you're here doing the combine with
2: Lawrence, what's what's the story behind you being here today? It's part of my role in the past, I was 18 years with the NFL, so um, and my last role with the NFL was uh, international, I worked for NFL International, uh, player and football development and, and basically scouting outside of uh, America, looking for talent, uh, as far as Japan, China, Mexico, um, all over Europe and that was my role. So working with young athletes like him who um, either come up through the game or in in what we tag as uh, crossover athletes trying to get into the sport. This is basically what I've done for years and years and years. You've been working with Lawrence today. You've obviously been there, seen these guys. We
0: mentioned Victor Abubadake, prime example um, of guys that tried to get in the NFL Mm -hmm. and didn't. Mm -hmm. Dwayne Chambers with NFL Europe Mm -hmm. Connection. Mm -hmm. Maybe a difference with Lawrence? You think maybe he has a shot that those other guys didn't? He has a different path. What do you think he can maybe learn from the experiences of those guys to maybe be successful?
2: Well, a couple of things. He's, um, you know, without a doubt he passes the eye test. You know, he walks in there, he's everything you'd be looking for for as a defensive lineman. Maybe a tight end, I've not seen him catch the balls. Probably talking about defensive line because it's probably going to be an easier pathway to acclimate into professional sport. Um, In terms of the drills we ran with him, you know, he's done a great job there, moves well. Uh, for a big man, good explosiveness, quickness. He's obviously not played before, and which is going to be a challenge. Um, he, the, he, as I mentioned earlier, you know, mm-hmm. I think his biggest challenge is getting somebody to recognize his potential, project him for what he could be, mm-hmm. and invest time and money because at the end of the day, it's a business, and, and that's what exactly what they'll be doing, investing quite a lot of money in, in having him around. It.
0: So the NFL...
2: We've been talking about this. So the
0: NFL will look at his age, look at his Olympic pedigree, look at his education, look at his physique and his smarts,
1: and they will kind they will of... all be pluses. Yes. They will value that
0: over yeah. someone that may have four or five years of experience, say one of your London Warriors players yeah. playing in the game.
2: I yeah. think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Again, it's, it all comes... To, you know, At the end of the day, it's his physical profile. There are standards. People may not know this, but there are standards when it comes to the athletes that they select. Some of the guys, he's obviously from a physical profile, he's completely different size. You know, if I brought in our defensive end, yes, he's as tall, but he's nowhere in terms of his physicality as big or as strong. Uh, I won't say strong, I don't know that, but as big as he is, or maybe not move as quickly as, as he does. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it could be a good thing um, because, again, for the sport to grow and, and, and inc- attract other athletes into the sport, if it becomes a true pathway, then I think that's just nothing but positive. Um, for our, for the London Warrior guys, there, a, a lot of them are older. He's, that's a big positive for him is his age. Mm-hmm. He has time. Not a lot of time, but he does have time. Some of the guys that, that you saw here today, they're taking a different route. They're a little younger, but they're going to, via college or trying to get into college. But the majority of the sport, they're, they're a lot older guys. So that's a big plus. I mean, the intelligence you've talked about, yes, that's big too. Of course it is. Uh, but he has age because they'll take that into account. They're, he will get compared, rightly or wrongly, against college players. You know, if he was 24... They would say, well, I could take this 23-year-old coming out of college who has this on the table versus this 24-year-old. Yes, he has all this ability, but he's 24. Now, the other thing that you would take, if I was in that personnel meeting, yeah, well, he's a 23-year-old who's had his body all banged up. This is a 24-year-old who's not had his body banged up. You know, so they're the things that we, in my last role, we were always having to take into consideration and explain to NFL players. You now, this player's only been playing for years. His body's not banged up, so don't compare like for like. Um, because it is a factor. It is a factor.
0: Let's talk Warriors. You guys are in the midst of pre-season now, about to start the regular season. How are you feeling about this season? Last season, obviously, got close. Blitz won it. How
2: are you feeling about this season? Feeling good? Think you can take the Blitz this year? Uh, well, we'll see. Um, we've lost some players and so have they. Um, we had a good pre-season. The, the guys have worked hard. We have our first game coming up this weekend and it's time it's time the, the banging heads against each other the hard work it's time now to, to see where we are and it's like anything you, for me you know, you've never done enough you know you've you always got to get better but it's not until you go up against your opponents on the field then you, you get to see and you know what the loss was against the Blitz was a big learning you know it, at the time you know it was all negative you, you think but, but at the end of the day uh, the young team we are a young team um, we went undefeated going up to the final, beat the Blitz twice that year. You can go in any sport you like. Being an A-team three times in a year is tough. We maybe didn't do a good job as coaching staff preparing them for that. I think we believed the hype too much. Undefeated, it was almost put away. Too complacent. And, and we paid for it, and we paid for it. So, yep, um, looking forward to it. I'll have a better sense of where we are after this weekend. Uh, because like i said you, you don't know to step on the field especially first game of the season it's great it's great measure of where you are so just in case nobody
0: knows so who you're playing where you're playing how do people get there how do people find out about it and get involved
2: great question no, we're playing Bristol Aztecs. It's <laughs> way- no, we're, that's why we have managers we're playing Bristol Aztecs uh, it's a it's away game in Bristol um, they've got a new facility it's a new uh, rugby ground and I'm not able to tell you what that address is but you can get on our website and um, obviously you can take a look at that and all the details are there do you, do you, are you on Twitter, Tony? Can people follow
0: you on Twitter? No, are you not involved in that? I don't do the Twitter thing. No. Okay. So it sounds like you need to hit up
2: London Warriors
0: on Twitter. Um, they're out there. You can find them and, um, find out where these guys are coaching these players up and how the Warriors are getting on this season. Absolute privilege. Thank yeah, you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank really appreciate you. your time. Yeah. So that was kind of nice, uh, catching up with Tony Allen. Some real. NFL in this country, Royalty, London Monarchs. Go back, people, look back in history, look at some of the stuff that's happened in this country over the last 20 years. There's some major stuff that guy's been involved in all of it. Um, He's plugging the London Warriors. Obviously, that game has happened. They won that one. Talking of teams that didn't win, London Blitz didn't win the second leg over in Copenhagen. They're out of the UFAF Cup. Damn. Concentrating on the league, I reckon.
1: Did we even discuss the first leg? I don't think we did. Um, James and I, we went out to Finsbury Park and we went out to support our local American football team, the London Blitz, and we watched them play the Copenhagen Towers. It was a muddy day, and it really affected the play, but it was great to get out there. It was great to see the Blitz play, and they did win 7-6. It was quite a hard-fought, scrappy game. A lot of runs in the game. I think that was probably only five throws. But please don't let that put you down, and if you do get the opportunity to go, because the weather is looking gorgeous right now, it's only a fiver to get in there to go see them play. Trust me, if you can sit down and watch Sky Sports every Sunday and be heavily into the game then, why not take a little bit of time out on a Saturday afternoon and go see the Blitz play?
0: Damn right. And the London Warriors, and the London Olympians, and all those guys, as Tony Allen said there. So, anyway... The Draft, Thursday night. It's been hyped up by podcasts such as ourselves and Twitter and all sorts of things. And um, Adam Schefter's been all over it. And it became a big event. So I was out. I went to see Big Daddy Kane beforehand, got a little bit YOLO, and that was
1: fun. I was in Dublin, and I went out and got drunk and then tried to watch Sky Sports, but they weren't really having any of it. But you know what?
0: Going out pre-draft, getting yolo shout to everybody that was at the number one sports bar. Saw a few people on Sky Sports, saw uh, Danny Vega, Adam Goldstein on Sky Sports, and uh, saw some of those Bears fans we know as well. Um, They got a little bit yolo It was a new thing for me because it didn't start quite late. So I actually missed the first five or six picks live. Don't let that fool you, but we got into it. So you probably know most of the results now and you know they're they're in. If you've been hiding from them and waiting for this podcast, you know, respect goes to you. But the generally the way things panned out as we thought things were gonna pan out. Lots of offensive and defensive linemen were taken with the first seven picks of the draft. A little bit of trading up by the Miami Dolphins, a little bit of switcheroo for them. Everybody thought they were gonna take Lane Johnson from Oklahoma brilliant footage of Lane Johnson as a quarterback um, during the draft um, which was cool but they took Dion Jordan with a third pick giving the Raiders more picks shout to the coverage I think the way that Sky handled the coverage but then still went to Mike Mayock and the crew there when they needed to I thought it was pretty good uh, Neil Neil Reynolds and Tony Baselli, I thought it was good it just made for a, made for a really good entertainment there Cleveland Browns we thought they might take a quarterback. There was controversial there. They took the player in the NFL with now the NFL's best name, Marquevious Mingo, at pick number six. That was interesting. But I think probably the most um, the person that probably um, the most amount of interest, a playmaker, a skill position player, wide receiver, at pick eight by the St. Louis Rams, <laughs> at a hole from Danny Amendola, and they picked Tavon Austin. And based on the tape that you see of him at the combat and playing,
1: he I mean, looks legit. He really does. I I don't think I've been excited for any any sportsman on YouTube as much as <laughs> as that tape on Austin YouTube. Exciting, exhilarating, and 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 as one of those impact players that you rarely see in the NFL these days. You don't really have players that can sort of slot around and do different things. We're seeing that more and more, I guess, with Gronk, and we're seeing that also with um, Lamborghini Percy as well. It's not just kick returns it's not just wide receiving he can play in the slot he can play wherever i'm really looking forward to seeing him there
0: should have an impact immediately so that should be interesting uh moving on i guess the draft we spoke about this before it is held in new york it's held at radio city musical the jets again if you've been under a rock this week a fascinating week for new york jets fans they traded their best player their number one player the number one injured player. The number one expensive injured player, Darrell Revis, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier in the week. And in his replace drafted the number one cornerback in the draft, D. Milner, from the Alabama Crimson Tide. So in effect, they were replacing Revis with Milner. I don't know.
1: Look, if you can if you can take any opportunity to piss off Game of Thrones creator George R. R. Martin, why not? Why not? Yeah, it's it's a definite downgrade and you can kind of see the Jets are already in rebuilding mode, even though they still have Rex Ryan there. Yeah. Any any opportunity that you lose a shutdown corner because you just want to change, why not take it? It's completely foolish. It's completely foolish.
0: Yeah, and all this chat obviously comes with a big caveat. It's been covered so much by so many experts, Mel Kuyper, Mike Mayock, some real OGs in the game that talk about it. All this comes with a real caveat. We can analyze and we can talk about and you guys can talk about on Twitter who had the best draft. This obviously doesn't mean anything because we don't know how these players are going to turn out. We don't know how the players that they are potentially given away are going to turn out, right? We don't know. The only thing you can look at is teams. You look at needs for teams and you look at um, what the teams received. So, for example, the Oakland Raiders that we talked about. Traded their pick for the Miami Dolphins because they didn't have any picks. They needed picks. They gave their picks a quarterback, so they got more picks. How uh, those picks pan pan out, nobody knows, right? And also, with the new CBA, it's not like you're paying the top money for these players. There's a payment cap, so it's obviously the way Jets thought about it. They could get um, D. Milner for a lot cheaper than um, they were playing Darrell Revis. But, but we'll see. So you look at the teams that had needs, and they look at the teams that filled that needs, and, you know, a few teams did and a few teams didn't. But people have their opinions. Not everybody could have a great draft, right? And that's just the way it's going to go. Moving on, potentially the most interesting pick, there was lots of talk that no quarterbacks were going to get taken in the first round at all. One quarterback did get taken in the first round. He got taken at 16 to the, since the end of Jim Kelly's career, has been the graveyard of promising quarterbacks, including Rob Johnson, including well, Doug Flutie to some degree. Since then, EJ Manuel
1: got drafted by the Buffalo Bills. I hope he's good at the wonderlick test because their last one, their last QB was, and we all saw where that got him. Look, the Bills are the Bills need they they need a new start. They they got rid of their last quarterback. They they're, they're took, taking a massive hit on the payroll this season just to get rid of them and why not go with youth you, you saw what happened last year with Andrew Luck you saw what happened with with RG3 why not go with a young quarterback
0: definitely and yeah so bills fans it has to be a better option than Kevin Cobb so you have Kevin Cobb there he's going to be competing with EJ Manuel for the for the starting job and EJ Manuel was not everyone's number 1 rated quarterback but buffalo like what they saw he's big he's talented he's got an arm he can move as well. Tough place to play quarterback in Buffalo, for absolute sure. And a point that was highlighted, didn't you? Have you seen Elway and Marino yet? No, I Oh, man. This documentary, so just, we'll, we'll digress slightly. New ESPN 30 for 30 came out this week. You can find it via the Dark Arts. 20 years ago, it talks about the... 1983 draft where six quarterbacks were taken in the first round the first one being john elway the last one being dan marino another this is a stone cold classic man this is an absolute classic piece of tv that you have to see breaks down it goes through everything and again it shows you the hindsight six quarterbacks were taken in the first round kansas city could have taken Dan Marino. They took Todd Blackmidge. Pittsburgh could have taken Dan Marino. They took a guy who ended up being paralyzed. New York Jets took Ken O'Brien. Again, nice quarterback, but not in the Hall of Fame. And the Patriots took Tony Eason. All of these guys, they loved more than Marino. And Marino became Marino. But it's an amazing documentary. And, and one of the reasons it's, it's interesting to talk about this point is that one of the main reasons that Jim Kelly didn't want to go to Buffalo He was the other quarterback taken in the first round. He went to the Houston Gamblers in the USFL, was the weather. He came from Florida in the same way that E.J. Manuel did. Back then, Jim Kelly had a choice and he took it. kind of had to go back to Buffalo with his tail between his legs, but he created one of the most high-profile, high-powered offense that this league has seen in the last 20 years. So it can be done. So let's just see. But you absolutely have to see that piece of TV, Uh, the way they made it, the – John Elway, Dan Marino have the same agent, and he tells the story back through notes that he had. And Raiders fans, Cowboys fans, you are closer to having John Elway be your quarterback than you will ever know Went on to win two Super Bowls and be one of the best ever. So So there you have it. So moving on, I guess looking at the draft, the biggest dropper of the draft was Sharif Floyd. Didn't get picked till number 23 by the Minnesota Vikings, London-bound Minnesota Vikings. That was a bit of a shocker. So then you started to see the old green room freak out. Players in there expecting to be picked, sweating, you know, all this type of stuff. And he was certainly one that dropped a few spots. And he preceded the first European to be picked in this year's draft. Defensive end Bjorn Werner got picked at 24 by the Indianapolis Colts. So that was a good look for him.
1: We're taking over Be prepared. Europe will run the NFL in the next five years.
0: Totally. The Vikings had a killer of a first round. Now, don't forget, they got the extra pick for Percy Harvin. But you draft these players, you've also got to pay these players. They also picked up Xavier Rhodes. And a lot of people's favorite wide receiver on the board, which was, after Tavon Austin, Corderell Patterson, which is kind of interesting for them. So that's an exciting playmaker they've got coming in there in Minnesota. And... That kind of concluded the first round. Went on super late, went on until about 4 o'clock in the morning, and that was it. Bunch of names still didn't get picked and had to go to bed slightly antsy about that. At this point, you had Geno Smith, who was supposed to be the number one quarterback, who, coming off some terrible cold-weather performances in Yankee Stadium, shocker against Syracuse, so the Buffalo Bills were never going to take him. Given the option, did he want to come back to New York or did he want to basically, no, do it from home? Took the gutsy move and he, and he came back to New York for the next day and it was worthwhile him doing it. He got picked, pick 39 by, you guessed it, we've already talked about it, the New York Jets.
1: I don't think there was a more, I wouldn't say controversial pick, but, but this really was the pick that signaled the end of Tebow's time. At the Jets, and and also made people go, hmm, that Mark Sanchez guy. How much time does he have? The Jets really are a mess, and and picking Gino Smith, who knows? As as Jen said, one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. People really rated him quite highly. Is he the person that's going to lead the Jets out of the doldrums? Very unlikely. They don't have any wide receivers. No, they
0: don't. And until this morning, they had six quarterbacks. Um, they don't have six quarterbacks anymore. So they've got rid of uh, of Tim Tebow, as you said, earlier. I think earlier, I think I think Gino Smith had probably the most interesting draft day outfit. He was wearing like a kind of everyone else was wearing suits. He's wearing like a sort of Ralph Lauren pullover over a tie and stuff like that. You know, maybe he was just kind of I don't know. He just thought sod it, sod it. He not he couldn't be asked to do that. So that was it. So look. Geno Smith is the favorite in New York to be starting on opening day. I think most people realize that. Um, he has Mark Sanchez to compete with going into camp. Oh, man. It's just the story, the story goes on and on. But remember, we said this before about the draft. Where you get picked means a lot. So if Geno Smith was picked up in the 12th round, it doesn't matter. He's picked up in the second round. He's expected to play, and he's expected to play pretty quick. The pick before him, and they traded up seven spots to get him. It's only going to be a matter of time before we spoke about this particular Ute Mandem. Mante Teo, pick 38 by the San Diego Chargers. Didn't go in the first round, didn't go to the Vikes, didn't go to the Bears as some people projected. He went to potentially the best place to play American football in the U.S. He went to San Diego. He is now a San Diego Charger.
1: Why do you think it's the best place to play in the NFL?
0: I think weather, I think it's a nice stadium, nice place to live, you can live in La Jolla, crappy division, team hasn't won anything in a while, fans are quite passionate, it's a
1: great look. Okay, apart from best place to live, I personally I'd rather live in San Francisco, but you are right, the Chargers also, it's not particularly too big of a media market, Lakers own that area, I know they're the LA Lakers, but... Pretty much all the way down on down on in California, they're the team that anyone really cares about. In terms of American football, he's not gonna get the LA scrutiny, he's not gonna get the intensity there. And San Diego's quite chill, quite relaxed. It's somewhat I would say like the Toronto of America at times. So so yeah, he's he's gonna have time to develop and he's not gonna have the same story on and on but I would say for his case that I would avoid going to any fish
0: restaurants (laughs) yeah yeah I think he's going to avoid everything just avoid everything avoid the internet if that's possible in 2013 it probably should be compete for a starting job San Diego have a new coach Mike McCoy, we spoke about that earlier, and some new dra- drafted players, as everybody as everybody has. And, um, yeah, new, 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 new uh, start for this guy, and let's, let's all just move on and focus on the football. Pick 42, particularly interesting for people in this country, and we must say a massive congratulations for being drafted so high in the draft, goes to Britain's own Sir Menelik Watson. Drafted by the Oakland Raiders, which in the Al Davis era, well you could say if this still was the Al Davis era, he might not have been drafted at all. Um, but he, he had the he did the and Manlik Watson was doing lots of press in the lead up to the draft and love this guy. Absolutely love this guy. You know. Crummy background, you know, and he doesn't really want to talk about that at length, but he's focused, he appreciates the opportunity he's got. He possesses amazing sporting talent because he's picked up a sport that people uh, spend years trying to master. He's picked it up. He's only played one real season at Florida State, and he's getting drafted in the second round. He's what people like, the Mike Mayox of this world, who, by the way, got to shout out, you know, you know we are, they are our con- competition on Radio 5 Live, obviously, but got to shout out the uh, the podcast that uh, Darren Fletcher did in the draft build-up. It was excellent. To hear Mike Mayock on Radio 5 was just, you know, it was a nice feeling. It was a nice feeling. It was, um, felt quite euphoric and did a lot of stuff with Menelik Watson in there. And, you know, he was described by Mike Mayock as a piece of clay that you mold and, and you get on your team. So that was really, really nice. And, you know, got a lot to learn. But, you know, he's like a tape guy. He's like in doing tape, studying, how to get better and stuff, and, you know, wish this guy all the luck in the world, really do, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's great for him and his family, and, uh, yeah, it's a good look.
1: And, and Oakland's looking for, they're looking for new stars right now, and hopefully he can be that. One thing I did see, and one thing that the Americans are going to bring up every single time he plays, is that he went to school with Daniel Radcliffe. Please be aware. I thought he went to school with Danny Welbeck. I think Danny Welbeck's really big with
0: the Americans. He went to school with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. What do you mean? It was in Harry Potter. We went to the same school. Yeah. Serious? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I know. I know. I know. He grew up in the same hood as Welbeck. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I didn't realize. I didn't realize Radcliffe was hood.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what point we we're gonna get to. It. I was like, okay, yeah, went to the same school.
0: Did anyone famous go to your school?
1: No.
0: The most famous alumni we had from our school was Leo from Howard's Way, which was a uh, dramedy. Actually, it wasn't a dramedy. It was like a drama. There was no D to it on in the uh, late 80s about about, uh, the world of shipping. Anyway, we, we move on. First running back was taken not until pick number 48. The Pittsburgh Steelers' backfield was an absolute car wreck last season, and they've cleared that out, so they needed a running back to to bring in there. He wasn't potentially the first running back that people thought were going to be taken. Um, He was Le'Veon Bell from the Michigan State Spartans. So Pittsburgh Steelers have themselves a new running back, which is is good for them, and good for Le'Veon Bell as well, because um, he was the first running back taken in the draft. What else? Another running back of status going into this draft. NCAA record holder for touchdowns at Wisconsin and a Heisman Trophy finalist last season was Monty Ball. He's got a great look. Banged up backfield last year in Denver, especially towards the end of the season. Those guys could barely field anyone. Monty Ball is now a Denver Bronco. That's a great look for him.
1: Is this the guy that did it to knock out? Stuart Hall. Yeah, no, it's great for him to look out for. You've got the Hall of Fame quarterback, Peyton Manning, to, to, to learn from. And, you know, at the Colts, he had and James. And now hopefully he's got another running back to, to help Denver cross the line and get a Super Bowl.
0: Someone um, who remains healthy will be getting reps day one. Of the NFL season, so it's a really exciting look for him. A lot of people's favorite running back gone in the draft. Potential first-rounder comes out of the football factory. That is Alabama. Pick 61, Eddie Lacy, by the Green Bay Packers. Great fit for Lacy. Great fit for the Green Bay Packers, who haven't had a 100-yard rusher since Jim Taylor, I think, or Paul Hornung, one of the two. Can't remember. In a long time, that seems like a great fit for both parties. Um, yeah, Great player, played well in the National Championship game. It wasn't really a game, was it? Um, So, yeah, great pick for both parties there. I've got to mention the Aaron Rodgers contract. God, it's been a mental week of all sorts of stuff going on. Aaron Rodgers, the richest player in NFL history, signed a big cha-ching this week. Inye, is he worth it?
1: Probably. The thing is, simply, every time a quarterback gets a brand new contract, we're going to go through this question. We're going to go, is he worth it? And I think with Joe Flacco, that's a question that is worth asking. But with but with Aaron Rodgers, it's it's a known quantity. He He's the man. They made the right decision when they drafted him. They made the right decision when they jettisoned Brett Favre for him. And he's proved them right. And he's the man. And he deserves all the money he gets. Although... It does raise the question, all the people that were calling Tom Brady a socialist because he took a pay cut in order to try and spread the money around with the Patriots, do they consider Aaron Rodgers to be a capitalist because he's getting the being the most highly paid player in the NFL?
0: No idea, but, you know, best player in the NFL, probably going to be the first pick in fantasy next season also. Um, he's got another great running back there in... Um, Nettie Lacey working for him. And, you know, no Greg Jennings next next season for him, but incredible performance last year from James Jones, as we know. So, so yeah, you know, he got that paper. Joe Flacco got that paper. He got that paper. So where it goes. Moving on, third rounds. Lots of interesting picks still out there. Um, pick 69 in the third round was Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger from LSU. Joining Patrick Peterson, someone he would have played with at LSU in the secondary there. Very different type of player. Competition around returning kicks, I'd say, amongst those two. Seems a little high for Tyron Matthew, in my opinion. He's got profile, lots of baggage, exciting talent. When LSU got to the national title game, you know, he was a real spark plug for them, causing lots and lots of turnovers. But, I don't know, seems like a real risk on him seems like they took him a little bit early but you're a flat team you're a pl- team that needs quote-unquote playmakers why not right
1: it's probably also karma that he thought it would be a good idea that he would hold a nfl draft party on the thursday thinking that he'd get drafted that day so so yeah he deserves that drop and playmakers uh it's a weird concept we we're kind of talking about this with in, in terms of football with Gareth Bale winning the PFA and Young Player of the Year Award. I think that, you know, we're gravitating towards this star, sort of star more than, more than ever before. Why not? Why not take the risk on him? Next quarterback
0: was taken in the third round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Glennon from NC State. And this is a real rocket up the ASS to Josh Freeman who going into last season, lots of people liked, we talked about it on our season preview last season, lots of people liked Josh Freeman. He had a stinker of a season. They were custom to go on a playoff run. He had Vincent Jackson down the stretch. He was totally pants. And this is a real sign for him to say, look, we're bringing Glennon in in the third round. We've beefed up our secondary. We're not confident about you, man. And we're bringing in Glennon from NC State. And, you know, he's going to challenge. He's going to challenge for the position. And Based on Freeman's play, I think that's fair enough. That's fair enough, right? So lots of people thought that Matt Barkley would be the next quarterback taken. He wasn't. Philadelphia Eagles traded up in the fourth round, and they got potentially the 2012 drafts number one player, at least number one quarterback, who stayed at USC for another season. He is joining Philadelphia. He is a Philadelphia Eagle. Matt Barkley is going to be there, and theoretically, because he is a fourth-rounder. He's not going to start day one. Listen, Eric Davis made the great point today on NFL Network. I was checking him out. Like Michael Vick is the best quarterback there by far. He will be the number one quarterback. Matt Barkley is not going to play immediately.
1: And, and Why should he? Michael Vick just needs the right, the right offensive line, the right players around him for him to be an asset. I think that sometimes with a player like Michael Vick, If everything goes wrong around him, he will go wrong. I'm not trying to place the blame on other members of the team, but he's one of those sort of, I don't know, Marmite players. that It's it's easy to pin the blame completely on him, whereas the Philadelphia Eagles being completely inept over the past couple of years really has to do with a coach that had run out of ideas and, as some people have said, maybe should have taken last year off due to personal tragedy.
0: Landry Jones, another quarterback that was looking good last season, decided to stay another year in Oklahoma and slipped to the fourth round again. You know, these people come out early. Some stay, some don't. Some it works out for, some it doesn't. And, you know, you, I guess you live with these decisions and, and who can predict them. Your stock can rise. I, I guess that Barkley and, um, Barkley and Landry Jones would have looked at Andrew Luck and RG3 last season and thought, right, okay, we're going to swerve those two. We fancy our chances to be the number one quarterback in this season's draft. And you know what? If they'd played to their potential, they probably would have been, but didn't, and things didn't work out that way. So Landry Jones got picked up by the Steelers in round four, and it's um, it's a good pick. Charlie Batch is, is older than me, and we established that. And Byron Leftwich is not much younger, so grooming someone in Pittsburgh behind one of the best quarterbacks of the last 10 years, Ben Roethlisberger, is a good move for both parties. So... That was pretty interesting. Again, a player that was looking to be the best in his class coming into this season, slipped due to injury. Terrible injury, the second one he's had, but still picked up in the fourth round at a pick 131. Watched from South Carolina, Marcus Lattimore. Big-time player. When you see him, you want to YouTube this guy, look at some of the footage of him. More last season, really, than this. He's a real player. Play for Steve Spurrier, and he's a real player. And you know the 49ers, and I've seen a lot of experts made a lot of great points around this. He doesn't need to play straight away, so they can invest in him, get him moving, get him um, trained up, ready to go. You know, it's not a not a situation where he has to play day one and they have to rush him back. You know, he he can develop. They've got some talented running backs there. So, but yeah, pretty good pick for him when you've got a got a lot of extra picks that you can play with. So. Yeah, so those were kind of the picks of note, really. Got to shout out to Tom Watt as well, another British player, linebacker from Oklahoma, who didn't get picked up in the draft. He got picked up in free agency. He's got picked up by the Tennessee Titans, so he's going to be competing for a spot. So shout out to him. His dad played for the Crawley Raiders. I might have even seen him play. I used to go to a stack of Crawley Raiders games back in the day. Shout out to anyone that did, did that. So his dad went to the Crawley Raiders, inspired him to become a linebacker, and he now is a part of the Tennessee Titans, which is all good. So that was the draft, you know, and the NFL, shout to everybody there that did amazing job of hyping that up because, you know, they stole a bit of thunder from the NBA playoffs for a couple of days, which first round, again, we were hyping that up last week. First round, not been that exciting. Apart from, I, look, if you haven't seen, you know the score by now. Saturday night's Chicago Bulls, Brooklyn Nets game. One of the great off-the-bench fourth-quarter performances in any sport. Obviously, there's only a few sports where you do come off the bench in the fourth quarter that have quarters. Nate, ultra Nate, as we just called him, Robinson. Some of those bank shots, that was just money right there. It's so much fun watching that. And, yeah, so the NBA is raging on. And, you know, what happens with the NFL now? Well, teams are starting to cut players, Tebow, as we saw. And I'm sure we'll start to see a few other players of reasonable rep um, get cut as well now teams have got draft picks, because remember there 's only thirty two teams there 's only fifty three spots a team you know, so there 's not enough spots for the amount of players that were out there, so there 'll be a little bit of this players will start to do mini camps and, and all sorts of stuff like
1: that but it's uh yeah it 's been an exciting week yeah there 's not much more you can ask for really it's it 's kind of like resetting the whole the whole thing again. We kind of went through free agency and they had all the excitement of the trades being made, players going there you know the NFC West asserting its dominance and, and really right now we've seen players for for all teams you know the Jags the the Browns plenty of teams that wouldn't have really necessarily been talked about before kind of getting their moment in the sun the fans are a little bit rejuvenated and excited and and now I think really this is the time that people can kind of walk away from the NFL for a bit let the teams you know keep their ear to the ground, but kind of wait for the teams to reset, figure things out. And then when it comes to preseason games in August, we'll be right there.
0: Damn straight, damn straight. So, you know, remember the path and,
1: you know, between now and then we're not going to be
0: doing regular podcasts. You might be doing more NBA ones, who knows? and, And maybe some other Brit ones too and stuff, but it's, um, yeah, you know, plenty of fun stuff for sure going on till then. And the British season, as we spoke about, and man, We want to go out, we want to throw a ball around, and we want to kind of do some other stuff like that as well. So, yeah, it was a fun week in the world of NFL, people. That's for sure. bit of housekeeping. We'll tack it on at the end because we we haven't done that, I guess. At NLDM40 on the Twitter, northlondon40.com. Should be launching a bunch of new web stuff over the summer. Should should be interesting. nixcloud.com forward slash NLDM40. Find us on Stitcher. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Tell a friend. We're out we see you next time. The north side. The north side. The north side. The north side.
1: The north side. The north side.
0: The north side. 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 The north side.